Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. 
against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning. St. Louis and all parts, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in, Kevin Slayton, with you in the Window World, King's Court, on KevinSlaytonShow.com. We come here live every Monday through Friday. It's the only place you can hear us live, but you can hear our podcast right here on our website or on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any place else you listen to podcasts. Our phone lines are always open, unlike other shows around the country. They don't want to hear from you, but we do. 636-538-0746. 538-0746. It was a long weekend or a short weekend, depending. I guess if you were busy enjoying yourself, the weekend went by way too fast. If you weren't, it was probably a long weekend. But either way, we're back here fighting the good fight on the day the liberals created, Monday. We promise to bring you, as always, the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. That's right, backed by facts and evidence. And the Cardinals won a game yesterday. They had lost eight in a row. The great Adam Wainwright failed to win on Saturday and then whined and cried and embarrassed himself afterwards. You'll hear a little bit of that this morning. You're going to see a stunning new poll out that even has the liberals at ABC, George Stephanopoulos et al., understanding that Biden is doomed in any potential re-election race against Donald Trump. The liberals know it. They're not going to let him run in the end. I don't believe they are. I believe it will be Mike Obama running for the Democrats because they will stop at nothing to keep Donald Trump from returning to the White House. But right now, Trump's numbers have skyrocketed against Biden head-to-head. I don't believe these polls, as you well know. I've said it all along. But I love watching the liberals scurry when the poll numbers that they skew intentionally in their favor don't go their way. Imagine how bad the real numbers are if the ones they're giving you doom their guy. You'll hear Tucker Carlson. We've unearthed some audio where he got a little too close to the deep state. And maybe that's why he's out. He'll also, as our research assistant found, tell us all what rights we have to get information. And if we don't, F you. I don't know if you saw Wuhan Willie Otella Biden on Cinco de Mayo announcing a fake press conference. This guy, I guess, thought it was April Fool's Day. He got his days mixed up. Said he was going to have a news conference in the afternoon. Of course, never had one. Never had one planned. We're going to take you back in time a little bit to hear Robin Williams and the MC at the White House Correspondence Center back in 2009, I believe it was, 
just destroy Biden. Peter Ducey will give you Biden's typical schedule. Jonathan Turley will let you know why whistleblowers should be believed. Al Sharpton wants to fry a U.S. Marine with no evidence to do so, of course. Pretty stunning, but not really. And we've got a lot more for you as well. Our good friends at stl-cars.com want you to know just how easy it is to get a car. I know what you're thinking. It's time to get a new car, new family car, new SUV, new truck. And so you dread the process, right? You go to a car dealership and you beat your head against a wall over a $15 paperwork fee. Then you go to another one, same troubles. They'll give you a couple extra dollars. And this goes on all day on your Saturday, the day you have off. The day you want to enjoy yourself after a long week of work. You've got kids' games to go to, but instead you're tied up at a car dealership. I'll make it easy for you. Go to stl-cars.com. Look at the thousands of vehicles they have there. Pick one. Now, if you can't find the exact one you want, never fear. All you have to do, if you find one you want or if you have an idea of what you want and you don't see it there, is call 314-309-3633. 314-309-3633. Ask for Don. Tell him what you've got. Tell him what you want. Tell him the price you want to pay, and then he'll get it for you. That's a promise. He's done it for me. Did it for my son. And they'll even deliver the car to you. My son got his from Alabama. I got mine from Tennessee. At stl-cars.com, they have a huge network of dealer inventory. They have a VIP concierge maintenance service also available. But getting a car can't be any easier than telling them the car you want, the price you want. They find it. You drive it away. 314-309-3633. You can either call or text, and you'll get the job done. Either way. How do you like that? Pretty simple, right? Doesn't get any easier. Well, I mentioned uh, the Cardinals and the situation they're in. It it got really bad over the weekend. Losing back-to-back games to the Detroit Tigers on Friday and Saturday and nearly losing one to them yesterday, blowing a lead. And then because Paul Goldschmidt decided to wear a Superman cape and hit three home runs in the game yesterday, the Cardinals won. If that's what it takes for them to win, they're not going to win very many games. Because my guess is Paul Goldschmidt won't hit three home runs in a game all year again. So if that's what it takes, this is going to be a longer season than we thought. Right now the Cardinals sit with the worst record in the National League. That's right, worse than Colorado worse than Cincinnati, worse than Pittsburgh, worse than everybody. And they don't seem to be in any hurry to change things. Bill DeWitt Sr., the chairman, says he trusts the group he has, management and on field. That's fascinating. What's there to trust? This is the team John Mosellock put together to start the season during the offseason. He made one acquisition, and then they've already quit on that acquisition. You paid tens of millions of dollars to Wilson Contreras to come here to catch. And now the Cardinals are saying he'll DH and be in the outfield for the most part. They've given up on him as a catcher. 
it's a not-so-subtle finger-pointing at Wilson Contreras for the awful, awful performance of the Cardinals pitching, which everyone knew was awful during the offseason, but they did nothing about it. It's not as though this is a Johnny-come-lately diatribe. We said this all offseason. We said this all last season. Cardinals are desperate for pitching, but they won't get any, and they didn't. And so this is the fix they're in. They can't get anybody out. Their relief pitchers can't get anybody out. Their starters can't even go five innings most times. It's an embarrassment. And when they do get a rare good start, you've got a manager who's about third grade level in his managing abilities, pulling the pitcher out so that he can overwork an already overworked bullpen even though we're a month into the season. This is the kind of baseball Cardinal fans are being treated to. You've got arrogance in a manager who, before he got this job, never managed in his life. But he thinks that he's Bill Belichick, that he can give you one-word answers and you can go pound salt. He's an arrogant, pompous ass. That's what Ollie Marmel is, who, by the way, has no credentials to be a major league manager. The Cardinals, since LaRusa resigned, have reduced the managerial job on the field to an audition at the major league level. Now, you don't audition players at the major league level. They get minor league seasoning, right? Makes sense. Why would the Cardinals audition managers at the major league level? Well, they've done it three times since LaRusso resigned. Matheny, Schilt, now Marmel. Marmel is the worst of the three and the most arrogant of the three. I always find it intriguing to find an athlete or a coach who's arrogant with nothing to be arrogant about. But this guy is, and he's bad news. He knows nothing about running a baseball team, about making out a lineup, about running a bullpen and managing a bullpen, when or when not to take a starter out. He knows nothing about any of it. And he's managing an iconic franchise at the major league level. Now, who's responsible for that? Bowtie boy himself, Mosellock is. Another guy who has no idea what he's doing, but he does love to control everything. And that's why he hires these joke managers, because he knows he can control them. He didn't like LaRusa putting him in his place. I was no fan of LaRusa for many reasons, but I loved it when he told Mosellock where to go. And so Mosellock made a commitment to himself that never again would he hire a manager that would have the authority to answer back to him. And that's what's going on. The stunning part is that the DeWitts allow it. And we'll have Bill DeWitt the third on later this week. He's figuring out a day that he can get into a schedule to come on the show. And we'll have some hard questions about what's going on over there. Because the Cardinal franchise is in free fall. They're not very good on the field. Nolan Arenado should be refunding money to the Cardinals and to the fans. He's been awful. Disastrous. Pathetic. And then Wainwright goes out there Saturday and pitches awfully. Gets rocked in the third inning or what was it, the fourth inning, I can't remember. Gets through five innings, gives up four earned runs. And after the game, whined about it, embarrassing himself, claiming it was a blue pit and a blue pit there. Dismissing, of course, the rockets that were hit off him by a very bad hitting team. And then blaming the media. Listen here. I feel like I've 
felt like I was in command and just didn't didn't work out just the way it's been going, I guess. But I was uh, convinced that today was going to be the end of that streak, and uh, I was just I'm very disappointed that it wasn't. Yeah, for years, you were the stopper that kind of stopped streaks. You took pride in being that guy. How much did you want to? You know, took pride. Yeah, took pride. How much do you want to help? I was took, get back? I wasn't. T- it's not past take, tense. Yeah, yeah, Thank okay. you. How much do you want to help? I take very. I take a lot of pride in in, in, in that, and I was going to. I wanted to do that today. Um, you know, you guys. I'm not retired yet. All right, my stuff is still good. My, you know, I heard what you said. I heard what you said. You know, I'm very, I'm very confident. I'm gonna go out and pitch a lot of good games this year. Okay, don't put me in the grave just yet, y'all. Um, we should have won today. We, we couldn't. We, I didn't make the pitches, I guess, when I needed to. But we definitely should have won this game. No, you shouldn't have. What, what makes you so arrogant to think you should have won a game that you lost? It isn't like you blew the game. The Tigers just pounded you. It was that simple. I didn't make the pitches I was supposed to. I guess, he says. What do you mean you guess? Just look at the box score. My guess is, I guess he doesn't pay attention to the box score. What else could it be? But I do pay attention to the box score, and here's what it says. Wainwright, five innings, eight hits, four runs, four earned runs, a 7.20 earned run average. And he's acting like he should have won the game. On one of those rare occasions, I had the game on at home doing some things. And the postgame show came on. And I had to put up with some bimbo. I don't even know her name. And Brad Thompson, who's a male bimbo when it comes to the Cardinals, telling us how great Adam Wainwright was. How great he was. What do you mean how great he was? He was awful. Stop with the nonsense. Quit insulting our intelligence. And then tell us what a great game Nolan Arenado had. Because Arenado happened to hit a home run that day. He also left runners in the scoring position all day, and the Cardinals lost again. I'm so sick of the broadcast team that the Cardinals have assembled. Then you have that pervert Edmonds on there all weekend long, who can't shut up, who knows nothing about baseball. Questioning why on Saturday the Tigers' first base, and by the way, Arenado also made a horrific base-running blunder on Saturday in extra innings. He's on second base with nobody out, and the hitter hits a rocket at the first baseman who cleanly fields it. Arenado's running to third. The first baseman throws a one-hopper over to third. It wasn't a good throw. And got Arenado out by 20 feet. Now, Edmonds claimed it was a bad decision by the first baseman, but he got away with it. Bad decision? When is it a bad decision when you can throw a guy out by 20 feet and you make the throw over there? It showed what a good decision it was that he didn't even make a good throw and still got him by 20 feet. When last seen, the third baseman was reading a book waiting for Arenado to get over there. What made Arenado run? According to Edmonds, that was a good play by Arenado, but a bad play by the first baseman. There's not a single person on a Cardinal broadcast that knows anything about baseball. They're too busy kissing everybody's ass. It's sickening. Chip Carey does, but he wasn't on all weekend. What's that all about, too? Let's put Tom Ackerman in there. Tom Ackerman's a nice fellow, but he's not the Cardinals play-by-play guy. Chip Carey is. But maybe Chip Carey has gotten wise very quickly and thought, I don't want to work with Edmonds. Let somebody else do the weekend with him. 
Now, mind you, Brad Thompson isn't much better in the sense of ass-kissing. He hasn't seen an ass he won't kiss either. It's disgusting. The Cardinals are an embarrassment with this broadcast team. Absent, Chip Carey, the rest of them are horrific. It's awful when you simply want to hire people that do nothing but kiss your ass. How will you ever get better when someone does nothing but kiss your ass? You never will, and the Cardinals are the perfect example of that. So you've got a whining pitcher who's scolding the media. By the way, imagine scolding that media guy who was so so hurt, he was ready to kiss and make out with Wainwright right there, throwing hosannas right back to him when he got scolded. Scolded for what? For saying you've always taken pride in stopping a losing streak. Uh, no, uh, it's not that I have always taken. It's present that I do. Shut up, Wainwright, you pompous ass. Who do these people think they are? Here, let me tell you, so it's very clear, Wainwright, you're done. You've been done. You're still done. Somehow, you maneuvered $17 million out of the Cardinals this year. Can you imagine that? I guess I should tip my cap to him. He showed you just how dumb Mosaic and the Cardinals are. $17 million for a guy who hasn't been any good for a long time. And this is what irks me about this organization and these players and this manager is their unending arrogance. And they aren't any good. All right, the team is bad, the pitching is atrocious, the front office is bad, and you've got Wainwright mouthing off at reporters as if they did something wrong. Wainwright has had one good season in his last four, five, six, seven, six. One good season in his last six. He's done. Last year, he had a 3.71 earned run average, and they gave him $17 million for an 11-12 and 12 record on a team that won its division. So the team was well over 500. He wasn't, and he got a $17 million contract with an earned run average almost at four. Well, you saw the results of that Saturday. But please get the bimbo off the air on the postgame show. She's insane. She knows nothing about baseball. But she knows why she's paid. She's paid to suck up and kiss ass. And, boy, she does it. You would have thought that Adam Wainwright pitched a no-hitter Saturday listening to her. You would have thought that Nolan Arenado hit four home runs and made 16 fielding gems and ran the bases error-free. That's what you would have thought. Same with Brad Thompson. If you had watched the game, don't you love it when they make these kinds of excuses? And Wainwright did the same thing. You know, except for that one inning, I was really good. Except for that one inning. Except for that one thing, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you enjoy the play? The rest of the play was really good. But that one part where my husband got murdered, that wasn't very good. And Wainwright got figuratively baseball murdered. I mean, this has reached embarrassing proportions, hasn't it? The one guy earning his money, Paul Goldschmidt, bails him out yesterday. Stephen Matz, who hasn't been any good for the two years the Cardinals have had him, 
and been hurt. Getting rocked every game he goes out this year. Actually pitched a good five-plus innings yesterday. What do they do? Get him out of there. Get him out of there fast. Why was that, do you suppose? I'll tell you why. Because Ali Marmol doesn't know a damn thing about baseball. Not a thing. Match throws five and a third innings, gives up one earned run, walks nobody, just 84 pitches. He's actually cruising along. What does Marble do? He brings in two dopes that nobody's ever heard of. In two-thirds of an inning, they give up five runs. Helped along the way by Tommy Edmonds' error. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you went from leading to trailing. That's how fast that happened. Cardinals are up three to one. All of a sudden, we're down six to three. Paul Goldschmidt bailed them out. So did Javier Baez, who kicked an easy ground ball off the bat of, with runners in the scoring position, altogether class, Nolan Arenado. This is a bad team with bad people. Wainwright can tell us all he wants about what a great Christian he is and his charitable work, and he probably does. I don't know. I don't follow what he does off the field. All I'm telling you is how he behaves on the field and the way he acted toward the media and toward the public in general with his crybaby, whining-ass performance after that game. Why don't you just be a man, stand up after the game and say, you know what? I thought I was. I thought I had my best stuff until that one inning, and then they hit me all over the joint. And earlier they'd hit me a couple of times too, but I got out of it. And so I take all the blame for this one. This is on me, and I'll get better. Boom! That would have been respected. No one would have found fault with that. And when Marmel's asked about putting the catcher that they just signed for tens of millions of dollars into the DH or outfield role as opposed to catcher, it was a one quick word answer. What Marmol should have said was, if he wanted to tell the truth, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm panicking. I can't blame the whole pitching staff, so I'll blame the catcher. Now, that would have been honest. Probably would have gotten him fired, but that would have been a good thing too. And as far as you're concerned, Marmol, get fired. You still get paid. We can't expect him to do the honorable thing and resign. He's not honorable. He's just going to take the money, just like Wainwright does. Now, who do you blame for that? Not them, although it is a little dishonorable. But it's Mosellock in the Cardinals' front office. Why are you paying these people? Nolan Arenado, I said when they got him from Colorado, you better be careful when you get these guys out of Colorado. Almost without fail, none of them Put up the numbers they put up in Denver because of the atmosphere, the rarefied air, I'll call it, where the ball flies a million miles. And yet the Cardinals did it anyway. Nolan Arenado's not a bad player. He's just not the superstar like the numbers he put up in Colorado, like the salary he gets would justify. He is not a superstar. 
Now, if you want to start calling superstars of mediocre players, that's fine. Be, be my guest. I don't care. But that's what Nolan Arenado has been since he got here. Above mediocre, certainly not great, and nowhere near superstar. Here's what a superstar does in Major League Baseball. He hits 300, he hits 40 homers, he drives in 120 runs. That's a superstar. Now, he doesn't have to do that every year, but he has to do it with somewhat consistency, right? Like Arenado did when he was in Colorado. But he hasn't done that since he's been here. If you want to talk about a superstar, take a look at what Paul Goldschmidt did last year. He was the league MVP. He had 43 doubles. I'm sorry, 41 doubles, 35 home runs, 115 RBIs, and he hit 317. Was pretty close to a superstar year. But Arenado hasn't hit 300 yet. But actually, it's Wainwright more than Arenado. At least Arenado doesn't run around whining and bitching and complaining and blaming the media. Because he's a candy ass. Nope, he's not a candy ass. Wainwright's the candy ass. And Marmol needs to go today by lunchtime. So does Mosellock. And then start over. Now, is that going to happen? Of course not. The Cardinals think this is a good team. They think so little of their fans that they trot this joke out there. Let me put it to you bluntly, all right? They're 11 and 24. That's 13 games under 500. What do you suppose will take them to get to the playoffs? Now, in this watered-down playoffs where so many wild cards get in, I'm going to say 85 wins will get you there. So they have to win 76. They're 11-24, and 24, played 35 games. So what they have left is 127 games. You going to win 76 of those? Lose 31? Uh, never mind. It's <laughs> I'm talking about 51. You're going you to go 76 and 51? Because that's what it will take to get to 85 wins for the Cardinals from this point out. 76 and 51. Is there anything about this team that tells you they're going to play 25 games over 500 the rest of the year? There's nothing about this team that tells me that. And that's probably what it's going to take to get into the playoffs. At least you could feel fairly good about it. But as it's starting to take shape, their only way in is going to be to win their division. But they're not going to go 76-51. and 51. That isn't going to happen. Well, moving right along, Tucker Carlson, who has now been out of a job for a few days, our research assistant dug this up. He was talking about his right to information. Now, remember, this is a guy who got the information on the January 6th videos that showed innocent people who were then later arrested, charged, and jailed, one of which was being helped and escorted by the Washington, D.C. police, the Capitol Police. Here's what Tucker said on his right to the info and other rights. 
why wouldn't you want all the information you can get? I know. And by the way, if you're an adult citizen, why don't you have the right to all the information you can get? Like, when did we give that up? First of all, I can like or dislike anyone I want. Okay. I'm 53. I've earned that right. I can like anyone I want. That is not a crime. My opinions are not a crime. They never can be a crime in a free country. A. B. I have a right to all the information I need to make an informed decision about whatever the issue is. That's democracy, right? If they're like, oh, you're not allowed to know that. Really? Why am I not? Because I might arrive at a conclusion that's different from the lies you're telling me. Actually, I want that information. Yeah. Fuck you. Carpe diem, Tucker Carlson. He's right. But I think he also got a little too close to what's going on with the deep state with these intel people. There are members of Congress who are controlled by the intel agencies. I'm not speculating on this. You know, I I lived there for 35 years. I know this. I had a very high-ranking, very high-ranking member of the House Intel Committee tell me at dinner at a restaurant in Washington when he'd been drinking – we got to talk about this. And I said, oh, I'll text you. He goes, I, I can't text. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, because NSA reads my text. And I said, NSA reads it. Wait, you're the head guy on the intelligence committee. You're their boss. You're providing oversight in our constitutional system. He's like, yeah, but, you know, they're still spying on me. What? The NSA is spying on congressional leaders. Now, that's getting close to the deep state. That gets you killed in Washington in this country. You know where else it gets killed? China, North Korea, Moscow. In the entire history of our country, it didn't get you killed, but it will now. Because guess what? They weren't spying on high-ranking members of Congress in our nation's history. Only now. We live in the most corrupt government in the history of our country. Do you understand that? Do you get that? I don't think most people get it. This is the most corrupt government in the history of our country. And it's one of the most corrupt governments in the world. The entire world. Vladimir Putin, the president of China, North Korea, the mullahs in whatever they are in Iran or Iraq, none of them lie to their people like our leaders lie to us. In those countries, they simply tell them, here's the way it is. We don't have to lie. Like it or lump it, get out of here or we'll kill you. Here they lie to you and they secretly arrest hundreds of people from January 6th lock them up in dungeons as political prisoners, and then give some jail sentences for nothing. Well, I shouldn't say for nothing. They actually stood up to the corrupt people running the government. And that's what happens in this country now. When you stand up to them or give the wrong answer, you're subject to jailing. Megan Kelly, how is your former employer, Fox, doing now that they've done this to Tucker Carlson? They've lost almost two-thirds of the audience that helps pay their bills. They're left with about a third of their audience. I mean, that's stunning. And I looked up and down the board at the rest of the primetime, which, with all due respect to the daytime, is all anyone gives a shit about over there at Fox News. 
the primetime pays the bills, period. They're all down. Um, just did a, qu- a quick calculation, the 9 p.m. demo, which, of course, is Hannity. He follows Tucker, is down almost 40%, down 39%. The 10 p.m., down 24% in the demo, down almost 20% in the total. And I could go on. The 11% got, the 11 o'clock got hurt, too. Greg Gutfeld, he was averaging um, 17.45 a night in the overall. Now he's down to 15.86. He was averaging 2.58 in the demo. Now he's down to 2.07. And that's the least hurt hour. All the others are down double digits. They have lost repeatedly to MSNBC. Repeatedly to MSNBC. How can that even be? It stuns me that the uber-liberal Murdoch family, their uh, Rupert Murdoch's sons and his uber-liberal their uber-liberal wives, and the board at Fox, led by people like Paul Ryan, who's nothing but a liberal in sheep's clothing, it stuns me how they didn't learn their lesson after the 2020 election, calling Arizona well before the polls closed, hurting President Trump's re-election bid, joining in with the liberals in corrupting the election, watching their audience dwindle, only to come back because of people like Tucker Carlson, who actually had to do a turnaround himself in order to understand the level of corruption that went on in the 2020 election and the level of corruption that went on with January 6th. So the audience came back. Fox was once again the dominant force. But they didn't learn their lesson. In fact, they ignored it. Acted as though they're much more important than their own listening and watching viewing audience. You're not more important than your audience. I got news for you. Nobody is. Anybody who's ever thought they were ended up on the poor, in the poorhouse. And that's where Fox News is headed. They somehow think they're more important than their viewers. They somehow think that they were more important than Tucker Carlson in acquiring those viewers. They were not. Not one person in management ever acquires a single viewer. Not one. They can do all the creative promotions that they want and run them till the cows come home. Not one person switches to watch a news broadcast because of that. They watch because of the personality which gives you a great insight into people that watch MSNBC. Anyone who watches that because they enjoy Joy Reid or Nicole Wallace or Al Sharpton or Rocky Maddow, those people are mentally deranged. But Fox kicked their listeners to the proverbial curb. It's gotten so bad for Biden That even ABC, a strong liberal outpost that will do Biden's bidding and the Democrats' bidding for them whenever they choose, ran their own poll over the weekend. And yikes, I guess they thought it was going to come back better. My guess is they lied. It was a lot worse than they're letting on. But even what they're letting on led George Stephanopoulos to almost faint on the air. And then Rick Klein explained it to him. 
This poll is just brutal for President Biden. You talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his leadership extends deep inside his own party. Only 36% of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. You're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that powered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. That, that does spill over into the head-to-head -head matchup, the hypothetical rematch, Trump versus Biden. Right now, a seven-point edge in our poll from uh, in Trump leading Biden. Even among that 56%, the people that think that, yes, Trump should face criminal charges, 18% say they would vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden anyway. How pathetic is that? You think Donald Trump should face criminal charges, and 18% of you who think that would still vote for him over Biden. That's unbelievable. That's unheard of. It's never happened before in history. Trump now has a seven-point lead approaching 50%, which has been unheard of in elections for a long time. And it's only going up. Now, the panic, of course, is going to set in on the liberal side, and they're going to start paying prosecutors everywhere in the country to start charging Donald Trump with something. Make it up if you have to. Charge him with something. You won't have to fear disbarment. We'll make sure you don't get disbarred. We'll make sure that you don't suffer any problems with your local bar association. We'll threaten them into oblivion if they do. It's time to go get Trump once and for all. They can't allow this freight train to be a runaway train, and that's where it's headed. So expect more bullshit to come Donald Trump's way. And you won't hear good things about Donald Trump on Fox either. Because they're now, as a friend of mine said, collaborators. They're no longer a news operation. They're collaborators with the liberals, with the Biden government, the Biden regime. It used to be that you could count on some at Fox, and you still can a few, I think Larry Kudlow's very good. I think Maria Bartiromo's very good. But they're not on in primetime. Well, Kudlow is, but he's on the Fox Business Channel. I would watch the Fox Business Channel. Their people are better than the Fox News Channel. When Tucker's departure affects Greg Gutfeld's late-night fun show, you know how bad it's gotten. And apparently, one guy at Fox that was happy with it was Rivera. Now, Gutfeld hates Rivera. Who doesn't? Bongino hated him, couldn't stand him. Bongino made an ass out of him repeatedly on Hannity's show. I'm not so sure Hannity's crazy about uh, Geraldo either. But he whined and bitched that he was left off the Five show two days last week and blamed Gutfeld for it. Geraldo has called Gutfeld and Bongino punks on the air. How come he's not fired? Because he's a liberal freak, and Fox has become a management of liberal freaks. They know they can't possibly fire everybody at the same time, or they would have zero viewers. But they're getting killed at the time when they need it most, prime time. 
And all because they've supported a guy who not only doesn't know what day it is, doesn't know what time it is, doesn't even know that he's not having a press conference when he announces one. Um, you know, I, I think we, we, we've got a lot of work to do. I'm, uh, and I'm doing a major press conference this afternoon, so uh, I love you all, but I'd like to ask you to leave so we can get down to business. Problem is he didn't have a press conference later on that afternoon, and none was ever scheduled. So it wasn't as though he simply misspoke. There was never one scheduled. It wasn't canceled. He's either nuts, which I believe him to be, or such a pathological liar he just makes it up as if you wouldn't be able to check later on in the afternoon. I believe he's also that. Peter Ducey, how hard is Biden working? Because what we hear from his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, is that he's working all the time that you can't believe his schedule. He's hard to keep up with, she says. What have you discovered, Peter Ducey? You cover the White House and Biden. There's just not much going on this week. I've got the schedule here. On Monday, there was a photo op with the Filipino uh, president. On Wednesday, there was a photo op with some visiting military leaders. And then today, they posted a Twitter video. He popped in for a few seconds to an AI meeting that the vice president was hosting. He never even sat down. And that is it. That is historically in the four plus years that I have been with Biden. Uh, that is about as as little as we have seen him in a week. So, Jilly, you're a liar. But that's not surprising. Everyone with a Biden name is a liar. You're a pompous, arrogant liar yourself, so you kind of know what it's like. It was so bad just a few years ago when Biden was vice president and they had the White House Correspondence Center with Obama that the MC let the whole world know Here's what happens if you ever elect Biden president. The vice president isn't here tonight, not for security reasons. He just thought this event was being held at the Dulles Airport Applebee's. <laughs> yes, right now, Joe is elbow deep in jalapeno poppers and talking to a construction cone he thinks is John Boehner. <laughs> also true. Um, it's crazy to think that Joe Biden is only one heartbeat away from no one taking him seriously as president. And Obama was seen laughing during that diatribe. But that's what's going on. And, and, and that was years ago. They essentially predicted what it would be like. Then some ass kisser from NBC sat down with him to do a love, a love tap interview, but brought up the soul of America because Biden always talks about the soul of America, and and had trouble justifying it with the rise in violent crime. So she actually attempted to ask a decent question. She was immediately interrupted by some Biden hack. Biden waved him off and then strolled into la-la land. And you talk about fighting for the soul of America, but can we level set in terms of the soul of America right now? Hate crimes are on the rise. Random acts of gun violence. Okay. Women are under Sorry. attack. Mr. President? I'll, I'll do one. The answer is yes, because that's why we can't let, well, um, we cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago uh, becomes president again. Huh? The answer is yes. There wasn't a question levied yet. Is yes to what?
and that's why we can't let the guy who was president before be president again. What? 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 You mean that violence would rise under Donald Trump? Is that what you mean? Because that's what she was asking you. Trying to ask you until your hack interrupted her. But there it is. The message is clear. They will do anything and everything to stop Donald Trump from getting it. They don't tell you ever, by the way, ever. Do you hear a Democrat or the liberal media tell you how Donald Trump's policies failed Americans? They never mention his policies. Never. Except to lie and say that he put kids in cages, which he didn't do. It was Obama that built those, and the immigration process simply went on as it previously did, until it was called to Trump's attention, and then he changed it. But they don't ever mention his policies. Have you noticed that? Biden just says, that's why we can't let the previous guy ever get back in as president. What do you mean, that's why? What's why? Because you've allowed people in Chicago, New York, San Francisco, Detroit, St. Louis, any inner city to fear for their life by simply leaving their home? That's why you shouldn't allow Trump to be in the White House? Because you allowed for that? That's interesting. But watch it and follow it and see if I'm wrong. Never will any of them mention that Donald Trump should not be president, should not be elected for a second term, because his policies just did not work and it was bad for America. See if they ever tell you that. They won't. It's pretty incredible. Robin Williams thought it was funny. This was long ago. Robin Williams has been dead now for quite some time. But even he knew Biden's ascendancy to the presidency would be a laughingstock. But now we still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the fuck? Brock and I think it's a right for people that bad and can't care. Joe says shit that even people with Tourette's go, no. Sure, an international effort to pressure. No. What is going on? Joe is like her uncle who's on a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. Sit down. <laughs> Come here, Joe. Sit down. You're an imbecile. Now, we've got this whistleblower who's come forward on the Bidens again, on the DOJ, on the FBI, with evidence, documented evidence, that Biden was influence peddling, was corruptly taking money from foreign governments in exchange for government influence in our government. He was selling the United States people and the United States government for profit to the Biden family. We know that. We have a whistleblower who has evidence of it. As yet, the Department of Justice and FBI have refused to turn over the documents to Charles Grassley, the senator from Iowa, who's demanded them. Congresswoman Nancy May says if they don't do it, we'll do it. 
With Jamie Comer at the helm of the Oversight Committee, if the Department of Justice and the FBI will not do their job, we will do their job for them. Because if you're willing to sell your country for cash, you should not be president. And that ultimately, in the day, what our investigation is looking into is that very fact. And we're going to have a press conference on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. to reveal more evidence that we found from suspicious activity reports and bank records. And meanwhile, of course, we have the subpoena that you mentioned earlier in the show. There's also a, a deadline on Wednesday for that document that we're looking for from the FBI. So there's a deadline of Wednesday. James Comer has a news conference set for Wednesday to, as you heard Nancy May say, unveil even more criminal evidence against the Bidens. Apparently the evidence that's coming forward Wednesday is so big that Comer has gone on the Sunday talk circuit and pleaded with the Department of Justice not to indict Hunter Biden yet. He's afraid they're going to indict him on some sort of gun violation, gun permit violation, and a little bit of fraud here or there. And it'll be minor things, slap of the wrist, go on your merry way. Apparently, Comer has some bombshells to drop on Wednesday. You don't go on national television and plead with the corrupt Department of Justice to not arrest the corrupt son of the corrupt president unless you have some really strong evidence of corruption still to come. What they're afraid of is that Merrick Garland will indict Hunter Biden. That will end the investigation. Well, the Republicans won't allow that. They just won't. So the Biden crime family has the walls closing in on it, and rightly so. Vivek Ramaswamy is running for president as a Republican, and he knows who's currently running this country, and it ain't Joe Wuhan Willie Otella Biden. Joe Biden's not really the one running for president. It is the managerial class that conveniently puts him up as their puppet. And against that backdrop, some of his cognitive deficits, that's not a bug, it is a feature. And when you see it that way, I think what I'm going to go after him on is even more than the policy, the fact that he's not even the person running the government, okay? That managerial bureaucracy actually controls the president of the United States. And whether you're Democrat or Republican, you should want to live in a country where the people who we elect to run the government are the ones who actually run the government. Gee, that you wouldn't think that was a real tall order, would you? We elected X, Y, or Z person to run the government, why is X, Y, or Z not running the government? Why is Obama running this government? And I'm here to tell you that they're going to put that whatever it is that lives with him up for the Democrat nomination. Guarantee it. It'll just be another joke. It'll be another insult to the American public that the Democrats think that simply because they trot out someone named Obama, despite the fact that he, she, it, hasn't accomplished one thing in its life, not one thing except to tell the American people how much it hates America and how bad America still is and now is perpetrating a fraud on the country with this supposedly healthy breakfast drink or soft drink for kids that isn't healthy at all. She's lying yet again. We had evidence of it last week. We have more evidence of it today that you're going to hear momentarily. So we've got this whistleblower, 
Charles Grassley's committee is demanding, by way of subpoena, the documents that the Department of Justice and FBI have in their possession and demanding to know what they did with this information. I'll answer that for you. Nothing. Jonathan Turley, who do we believe? Do we believe the whistleblowers in Washington or the politicians? The types of of stories I give the most weight to are the ones from whistleblowers directly to Congress. The reason is that those are individuals who know that they can be criminally charged for lying to investigators. So this isn't just something coming over the transom to the Washington Post. It's not some anonymous source uh, that a reporter is citing. It is someone who has met with investigators and is subject to that penalty. So you have to take it seriously. You know, the Biden family has been known for influence peddling for years. Now, influence peddling is one of the sort of cottage industries of Washington, as you know. Uh, But the Bidens really set a new standard uh, in terms of how much money uh, is being traced to family members. Yes, they have. They have a Biden family member who's a schoolteacher who got money. Nobody even knew she existed. These people are blatantly corrupt, and they're corrupt because they know the media will never call them on it, and they aren't even calling them on it now. The media is starting to get uncomfortable because the evidence is so overwhelming. At some point, they're going to have to talk about it, and that won't sit well with the the Democrats. And that's why Obama's wife-slash-husband-slash-companion will be their candidate for president. That will continue the fourth term. Of Obama. He had two. He's got this one because he runs O'Biden, and then he'll control it when it's in the White House, if it ever got to the White House. Is this country that stupid? Yes. Yes, this country is easily that stupid. They're easily that blind. They're easily manipulated by media. They're easily sold a bill of goods that somehow the Obama name is golden and popular and all this other nonsense. Popular with who? Who thinks that an angry black woman slash man who's expressed a hatred for America should be a candidate for the presidency? That's what Mike Obama is. It's incredible that they would even think of putting it up, but they will because they can't risk O'Biden. They don't like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for some reason. If the liberals had a brain, we've never accused them of having one. We never will. They would be throwing all of their support behind Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He's a legitimate candidate. He is more of a Republican than he is a, a today Democrat. He's not one of these liberal creeps. If the Democrats threw their weight behind him, he could really slug it out with President Trump. That would be a hell of a debate. As it is, Biden's running from a debate with Kennedy because he knows he'll get his ass kicked. Trump should not be running from debates. So far, he's saying there's no reason for him to debate. His lead is so big. And that's possible. There's truth in that. But it doesn't matter. You should still debate. But here's what I would qualify that with. I don't think anybody should be willing to debate under the debate rules of today. Eliminate all media members from asking questions. You can't have them. What you need to do is have a town hall setting for the debate. Don't screen anybody. 
and allow the people that are coming in to ask questions. Or if you want to make sure that one party is not overrepresented, people would have to announce for admission who they are a registered voter with. And you should have equal Republican, equal Democrat, equal Independent. And then you might have some decent questions. You certainly wouldn't have the political agenda that you have when all of these liberal media people conduct the debates. The debates are a joke. They've become a farce. Nothing comes out of them. No one should be afraid to debate to debate anyone. But nothing comes out of them because of the way they're run. So you've got to change the entire structure and begin with eliminating all media people from ever answering a, asking a question. Now that'll never happen because the media people will fight to the death for their right to be relevant. And if you usurp their power with mediocre American people, why they couldn't stand that. They know they're superior to us. They tell us all the time. And another question the Biden campaign will have to answer someday, you would think, is why did you go into convincing 50 CIA officials or former officials to lying about Hunter Biden's laptop and the veracity of it? First of all, did you have to twist a lot of arms to get them to do it? And the answer to that's no. We already know that. We've seen the emails from John Brennan, for instance, to Mark Morell after Anthony Blinken had hatched the plot. Pam Bondi, a former state's attorney general in Florida, she defended President Trump in one of the impeachment hearings. Are these 50-plus former CIA officials colluding? Did they collude to rig a presidential election? And this was collusion between the Democrat Party and former directors of our highest foreign intelligence agency in the country working in concert to affect, not impact not just any election, but a presidential election. And they didn't give Biden just simple talking points. He used these loud and clear in a presidential debate citing these people that we now know gave false statements and everything in that laptop was real. Everything was real. We know they lied. And how quickly did they lie? Well, some of them had lied already, right, Greg Jarrett? Well, James Clapper lied to Congress before under oath and managed to escape prosecution. Uh, what's so astonishing about all this is how easy it was for Mike Morrell to round up 50 liars in the intel community, more than happy to deceive the American people, help Joe Biden get elected based on a lie. They completely invented the false claim that the laptop was Russian disinformation without a scrap of actionable intelligence. No discussion. Just sign your name and we'll help conceal Biden corruption. Bingo, bango, bongo. He hit it right out of the park. It is astonishing how simple it was for Anthony Blinken and Mark Morell to, or Mike Morell to round up 50 liars who didn't even ask. Well, why are we, uh, putting our reputation on the line to claim this isn't 
real, this laptop? They didn't even ask. They said, we'll be happy to. Can we see the laptop? Can we view the contents? of? No, no, they didn't even ask that. They asked nothing. They simply said, this gets rid of Trump, brings in Biden, we'll do it. Because that's how we are. And that is how they are. 50 liars, as Greg Jarrett accurately described them, easily, completely destroying their own reputations. If they were called to testify in any hearing from this day forward in any area of their lives, who would believe them? They're all pathological liars. Panetta, Clapper, Brennan, et al., every single one knowingly lied. Every one of them. It is incredible. I constantly talk on this show about intellectual laziness. And it has infected this country to an epidemic proportion. American people are stupid. I've said this forever. I've said it. I used to describe it to my son this way when he was growing up. We're 98 percenters. That means we're smarter than 98% of the American people. And I always added this qualifier. That is not a compliment. It's by default. American people are lazy, intellectually lazy for sure, naive, uninformed, easily manipulated, and plain stupid. They want a popularity contest. They've always wanted it. As a friend of mine described, that's exactly what they've always wanted. Ryan is up. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? Kevin, I'm well, young man. How was your weekend? It was fabulous. Thank you for asking. Uh, sir, um, so tell me what I, you talk about that intellectual, um, just, well, it's stupidity is what it comes down to, Kevin. You know that. But the world we live in now where Donald Trump got indicted for the most bullshit reason you could possibly imagine, but yet we've got every example that you mentioned, you could throw Hillary Clinton, throw them all in there. Lying, boldface lying, not not speculation. We know they lied under oath, and yet, eh, you know, go enjoy your day, guys. We're not. <laughs> but how is it possible? It is incredible. You heard Greg Jarrett talk about Clapper lying under oath, and he found a way out of being prosecuted for that. He didn't really have to look. They just don't prosecute him. And and that, by the way, includes the Republicans when they're in power. Jeff yes. Sessions, William Barr. They didn't go after any of these liars. Yes. They just sit on their fat ass like Barr did, and Barr didn't even investigate the election. Imagine an attorney general whose party's president just got screwed out of an election, ample evidence to at the very least investigate it, and he does nothing except claims later on that he investigated it, and we found out later he did not. Do you think these guys just, and and I know the answer to this already, but can you imagine the Clintons of the world, the Bidens, the Obamas, all. Can you imagine on a Friday night how they'd probably just sit back and laugh, laugh at the bullshit they're able to get away with and how stupid the American people are to believe them? Well, they use the media. They know that they have the media, so it's easy for them. That's why they're so brazen. That's why they don't fear any repercussions. That's why Clapper can lie under oath and know that he'll never be prosecuted as long as he lives until someone gets in as a Republican who brings in a strong attorney general who's a pit bull who says enough is enough. The reputation of this country is at stake. We're going to start prosecuting these liars, these cheaters, these criminals. 
that are that are Democrats. If you find Republicans who are too, prosecute them as well. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, a friend of mine over the weekend made a comment about you know you continue to see these videos of these just uh, thieves in the WalMarts or, or all the different videos where you see these people just putting on masks, loading up their trash bags, and running out the front door. And they're doing it obviously in plain sight, and that's what Democrats do when they, when they lie to us when they when they commit these crimes. They're doing it now in plain sight, and nobody's doing anything about it. Um, but yet, again, Trump got indicted for what is just a laughable uh, incident, and we are stuck. Uh, in we're we're damn near communists. We, we're we're in that kind of situation right now. Well, the government is. Well, yeah, that's why I'm at, yeah. the government is. But here, the other part of that is not only do the do the politicians corruptly act in the wide open, the criminals on the streets do the same thing. And for the same reason, they know that nothing will happen to them. That's when exactly you take right. away any deterrence for bad behavior in any aspect of life, that bad behavior will not stop, but it will continue. It's not hard. It's not brain surgery. Everybody knows it will. It's the cookie jar theory. Yeah, and imagine being a uh, so. Uh, I guess I'd like to be a black guy out in California right now because I can walk into a Walmart, steal, get away with it, and have nobody prosecute me. And then now they just passed a law that I'm going to get reparations too. I'm going to get paid for uh, for just being black. I mean, life's good. Well, I love these liberals who pass uh, reparations bills, knowing full well that they'll never have to answer for them. They'll never have to pay for them. They know they won't, but they also know that by doing so, they'll convince more illiterate liberals to vote for them. It's it's laughable. It may even convince some stupid Republicans and independents to vote for them because it's so easy to convince the American public of anything. Well, yeah, and I, it's, you know, we could go on and on. And I, uh, last question I want to ask you, Kevin, is um, when we talk about these um, attorney generals and, you know, look, I, I actually, I think Trump needs to take some ownership in the fact that, uh, you know, he hired Sessions, he hired Barr. They both turned out to be just pieces of shit. Um, what kind of uh, qualifications? I mean, could a could a guy like Ted Cruz be be the attorney general? I mean, is it uh, obviously? I know he's a lawyer, but I mean, what is that the kind of guy that you're talking about that we need in there that's going to actually have a spine to do something? Absolutely, and yes, he could if he wanted to, but I don't think he wants to give up the power that he has as a senator. What Ted Cruz really wants to be is a Supreme Court justice, and uh, his his knowledge of the Constitution would, to me, render him a perfect candidate. I think the next time a Republican gets a chance to put a uh, one of theirs on the Supreme Court, it ought to be somebody like Ted Cruz. But, yes, he could be the attorney general easily. Yeah, okay. Well, I just – I didn't know because, again, I, I see guys like Sessions. I see guys like, like Barr, and they did nothing for us. Uh, so we got to get somebody in there, like you said, that's got a sack that will actually stand up for the people. All right, Ryan, thanks. Great Monday to you, Ken. Same to you. Bye-bye now. Here's what you don't want, though. You don't want a fake tough guy like Trey Gowdy. You don't want him in there because he'll do nothing. While all the rest of this stuff's going on, we sit around and we watch our children having a war conducted against them by the perverts in this society. Who would have ever thought in your wildest dreams when you were growing up that the perverts would have control over your children? Who would have ever thought that in this country? But that's what's happening. And Steve Hilton on Fox last night gave us a little advice. It's sometimes said that the way you can judge a civilized society is how it treats the young and the old. It looks to me like we're failing on both counts right now, but tonight we'll focus on our children. Because instead of protecting and nurturing our children, 
America seems to be waging war on them on multiple fronts. And if we don't stop and change course, we'll be dealing with the consequences for generations to come. There's nothing truer than that. We are conducting war against the children of America. They're the most vulnerable. Our elderly are also the most vulnerable. And who does this government go after? Both. Both. But all of the perverts are in charge of the children now. I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize there are this many perverts in this country. I mean, we always knew there were perverts. But did you suspect that they were all over the school boards in this country? Did you suspect that they were masquerading as teachers in this country and school principals? School superintendents? Did you suspect for one minute that the perverts had infiltrated those groups? I didn't. I must confess to being naive to that. I just couldn't comprehend that any school system, public or private, would not vet their people strongly enough to understand you've got perverts among your group. But they're littered everywhere, throughout every school system in America. Public schools I'm talking about. They're all over the school boards. They're in Congress. They're in your state house. There are many more perverts than I ever dreamed there were, and now they've risen to positions of power, and they're in control of your kids. How do you like them apples? But most Americans don't care. They'll sit around and let the kids be attacked. Because after all, caring would mean getting off your lazy ass and doing something about it. I wonder how many people called Parsons' office last Friday after we encouraged everyone to call. I called, spoke to a lady. She was nice enough. But I told her to please pass my comments along word for word. Don't sugarcoat them. Don't change the language. I didn't curse, of course. But make sure that he understands that he must come off the farm and stop playing games with the prosecuting attorney's office in St. Louis. And that if he doesn't, that he should come off that farm himself and live in St. Louis for at least a week or two to find out why he shouldn't be playing games. Now, whether or not he got the message, who knows? Probably not. But at least I feel good knowing I did my part. But if enough people call, if I call, they don't care. If you call, they don't care. If five of us call, they don't care. But if thousands of us call, that's how it works. So how many of you did your little simple homework assignment? If you didn't, and they appoint a corrupt prosecutor in St. Louis, and you get brought up on charges, but the real criminals don't, then you have nobody to blame but yourself. Because you didn't make that call. It may or may not help, but I can tell you what won't happen. Nothing will happen if you don't make the call. Might not happen if you do, but I guarantee it won't if you don't. And let them know in no uncertain uncertain terms just how you feel. Ben Shapiro did that. He let the transgender community know in no uncertain terms how he feels. He considers transgender as a delusion. 
Why are we mainstreaming delusion? Why would you call it delusion? Because Bruce, Caitlyn Jenner, I'll call it that. Sir, you're not being polite to the pronoun. Because disrespect. Uh, forget about disrespect. Facts don't care about your feelings. It turns out that every chromosome in Caitlyn Jenner's body is male with the exception of some of his sperm cells. It turns out that he's a male. It turns out that he still has all of his male appendages. How he feels on the inside is relevant to the question of his biological status. So you don't know what you're talking about. What are your genetics? You cut that out now. Or you'll go home in an ambulance. Now, that seems mildly inappropriate for a political discussion. But that's a transgender for you. That's a liberal for you. Actually, it's not just a transgender. It's a liberal. As soon as they start losing the debate, they threaten you. You stop that now. Or you'll go home in an ambulance. You're not respecting the pronouns. Did you hear that? That was actually said. You're not respecting the pronouns. Shut the fuck up. You people are insane. You'll go home in an ambulance. Now, he said that's mildly inappropriate. I would have said something a lot worse. I mean, what I probably would have said to that it is please take a swing at me as quickly as you can so I can beat the holy crap out of you and enjoy every minute of it. And then maybe you'll stop threatening people, tough guy, gal, tough it, whatever you are. Psychopath, freak show. Did you ever ask this question of the drag queens? Why don't they ever want to conduct their shows in front of adults at the library? Why is it only children? Hmm. A new poll came out. And again, you got to take polls with a grain of salt, but I give them to you because I love watching the liberals squirm when the polls come out against what they believe, knowing full well that they've skewed the polls. 77% of Americans, American adults, believe it's inappropriate for teachers to discuss their transgender identities with students in kindergarten to third grade. Now, the only question there is, who are the 23% who think it's okay? for teachers to talk about transgender issues to children kindergarten to third grade. That's five to eight years old. 23% of the freaks and psychopaths and perverts in this country think it's okay. So that tells me that 23% of the country is perverted right now. Minimum. Though I said it's probably worse because when the polls come out like that, you know that they've sugarcoated it. When it's so strongly in favor of common sense, it's been sugarcoated and and dumbed down. But 77%. Charlie Hurt knows that those poll numbers are probably higher. I, I, I bet the numbers uh, of sane Americans out there are actually even higher than this poll registers because this whole issue has been so hotly politicized. If a stranger called you on the phone and said, can you change genders? Half of the country is kind of afraid to answer that honestly because they know how badly browbeaten that they could get if they gave the wrong answer. That's so true. People are petrified of saying their true feelings in this country. Why is that? I don't know. But they are. They truly are. And that's because of beating you to into submission. And that's what the liberals and their media friends have done to you now for years. Now, the reason they keep doing it is because you keep allowing it.
you keep sitting back and caving into them. Oh, I better not say transgenders are a freak show. That would be, oh, I could get in trouble. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Charlie Hurt, what disturbs you the most regarding this sex change insanity? But there's an entire party, an entire ideology that has realized that they can take this thing and weaponize it and use it for political purposes. And so the whole debate, all of science, even, even basic grammar has been distorted in order to push this crazy uh, political agenda. And then, the, then the, the, the final result of it is we're talking about performing surgeries on children because they're confused during puberty. What child ever went through puberty and wasn't confused? That's a great question. Great point by Charlie Hurt. They keep talking about that, trying to sell their genetic freak show. Well, uh, these kids are confused and they don't want to be a female or they don't want to be a male. All kids are confused. They grew up confused. We confuse them. But puberty especially is a rough time for kids. And they don't need to be hearing anything, anything at all regarding sex from their teachers in school. We don't need it. You can teach health. You can teach the reproductive system in a common sense way. But that's where it ends. Your views. Here's what I would tell teachers in every course in America in any subject matter. Your views are not welcome. No one gives a flying fuck about your view, what you think. Teach the material and be done. That's it. You can state as a fact that Neville Chamberlain and his politics of appeasement with Adolf Hitler blew up in his face. But that's where you stop. You don't say Neville Chamberlain is somebody I could never agree with, or I do agree with him completely. He was being a nice guy, and that meanie Spaghetti Hitler. No, Neville Chamberlain was a coward, but you shouldn't even say that. You should state the facts. Neville Chamberlain practiced politics of appeasement, and what was the end result? That's how you teach. We don't need your opinion. No one cares. But because teachers have influence over children, that's where the liberals decided to hone in on the kids. At some point, they made a collective decision, hey, we're missing an entire field of dominance. We can brainwash these kids at an early level. We've got all of the teachers in the country in our corner. When I say all, I'm being in general terms, certainly not every single one of them, but enough. And they've also got some who, while they don't agree with it, will teach it anyway because they're afraid for their jobs. So they have that working for them too, these liberal freaks. Richard Dreyfus is one Hollywood actor who has seen and has had enough. There are new rules on films starting in 2024 as to how they'll be eligible for Academy Awards. Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards. 
um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. What do you think of these new inclusion standards for films? They make me vomit. Why? Because this is an art form. It's also a, a form of commerce and it makes money, but it's an art. And no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. Carpe Dim, Richard Dreyfus. Who do they think they are? But they're going to do it. And they don't have enough strong, brave people in the membership of Hollywood who would stand up to it. They'll all be for it. Hollywood is a dying industry, dying. But they're so arrogantly stupid that they keep this up. Nobody goes to see movies anymore. First of all, there aren't any good ones made. I loved going to movies. But I could look at the list of movies right now available, and what would you go see? Some remake of some stupid cartoon movie again for the 15th time? Good for you, Richard Dreyfus. You've got what Al Sharpton doesn't have, a spine. Al Sharpton wants that U.S. Marine in the Jordan Neely uh, case on the subway to immediately be arrested, charged, convicted, and jailed. Apparently he has facts on the case that no one else, including the police investigators, even have. And then Al Sharpton does what he does best. The little mongrel threatens people. He can't say self-defense. He was not at risk. So to let this go forward in any way is to sanction vigilantism in this city and therefore would have national ramifications. We cannot let this go. National ramifications sounds like a threat to me, but Sharpton's good at threatening. He can't claim self-defense because he was not at risk. Were you there, Martian man? Were you there? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like you were right there because you knew that that Marine didn't not only wasn't at risk, but didn't feel like he was at risk. The legal standard, in case Sharpton isn't aware of it, is if you feel threatened. To me, maybe somebody wasn't threatened, but that doesn't matter. It matters if they felt threatened. But Sharpton doesn't get it. Never has, never will. He's just a racial rabble-rouser, and MSNBC employs him. It just tells you that now the viewers that left Fox haven't gone to MSNBC. MSNBC's static numbers stayed the same, but Fox has dropped so dramatically that MSNBC now is beating them in the ratings. Can you imagine? The liberals are so demented that this is the kind of advice they give you should you ever find yourself in a threatening position. And even if you were punched in the face by someone on the subway, so long as that person was mentally ill. I was hit at one point sitting on the subway by a man who was having a mental health episode. He sat next to me and he was elbowing and kind of flailing around and hit, hit me in the face and in my body. Every one of us who's taken public transit has had this kind of situation ha 
something similar happens, seeing someone struggling. My fear is not the primary yeah. uh, primary uh, object of like what we should be focusing on right now. It's the fact that this person is in pain. So somebody on the subway starts to beat the crap out of you, and you're supposed to stop and say, excuse me, are you in pain? Are you suffering mental anguish? And then you get pounded again, and you say, I'm sorry, but are you in pain? And now, of course, your nose is bleeding, your eyes blackening. Are you in pain, sir? She belongs in a rubber room. She's nuts. My guess is she was never struck in the face by a punch. She might have been jostled on the subway, but that's normal. That happens all the time. That doesn't make you feel threatened. It makes you pissed off. But I'll guarantee she was never punched in the face. Guarantee it. But she says if you are, you should understand their pain. She says he was suffering a mental health escapade or whatever she called it, episode. How does she know? Is she a psychiatrist? If I saw somebody throwing punches on a subway, I wouldn't. my first thought wouldn't be, oh, I'll bet they're having a mental health issue. Mine would be to go help the person they're pounding and help beat the crap out of the person who started it. That'd be my initial reaction. But for most cowards today, the people on the subway, they sit there and just keep looking at their cell phones. Yeah, that old man is getting the crap beat out of him, but I'll keep reading my cell phone. No sense going to help. I mentioned earlier that Obama's significant other, whatever it is, has now entered the soft drink industry to make the Obamas billionaires several times over on the bet, the bogus claim that it and it alone knows how to bring healthy drinks to our children, that all of these companies who've used its kids as pawns, <laughs> they're all bad people, but I, Mike Obama, am a good person and I'm bringing healthy drinks to the marketplace. Well, one nutritionist says that her fruit, it's fruit juice drinks are dishonest. Even though something contains 100% fruit juice, it may be very processed and refined. So what ends up in the glass is not what came from the fruit itself. For example, apple juice. It's processed very highly, and it's basically sugar water without a lot of nutrients. Yikes. Lauren Sambatera is a nutritionist. What about fruit juice, Lauren? Fruit juice is not nutrition, so we really have a, a powerful opportunity with nutrition to give food uh, inputs to our body to tell our genetics how to express, and, and sugar is is really not the way. We, you know, we have a very toxic food industry. These foods are designed to hijack our brains. They're highly addictive. And so if we're allowing our children to make these intuitive decisions, can we really trust that they're getting the nutrition they need from the processed food industry? It's it's really, I think, quite dangerous. Carpe diem, Lauren Sambatera. And that goes for you double, Cheez-It man, whoever invented Cheez-Its. Talk about hijacking your brain, Mr. Chicken Wing, Mr. Candy Bar. So that's what the Obamas are up to. They're going to further poison the children as if they're not attacking the children and their war on children already through their perversion. But they want to further poison them so that they, the Obama corrupt crime family, can make even more money. 
and perhaps buy another oceanfront property, despite their claim that climate change will make all tides rising and wipe coastal communities out. Are you awake yet? Are you getting it? Peter Navarro got it when he was a member of the Trump administration. He recalled the first time that he was called into a meeting of the COVID task force with little Tony Fauci. Navarro didn't even know who Fauci was, but he quickly found out. I don't know who he is. I just didn't know he walked on water. Wow. Didn't know he killed tens of thousands of people during the AIDS epidemic and got away with it. That's another story. Um, don't know who he is, but, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. right? And my measure of Fauci was... This dude thinks he's a whole lot smarter than he is, and he's an arrogant son of a bitch. So the one one of the things I'm good at is taking the measure of people pretty quick. My boss is good at that, too, Trump. I fight with this guy. Wow. Mulvaney, I'm fighting with him. Redfield comes in and supports Fauci, and we leave that meeting with Mulvaney tries to say, all right, we have a consensus. We're against the travel ban. I said, no, 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 Mick. There's no frigging consent. I just like it. No, 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 Mick. There's no consensus in this room. And here's the punchline. Fauci, when he was sitting there, that SOB knew for a fact that that virus came from the Wuhan lab. He knew that because he had funded the gain-of-function research in that lab, and he had already begun to design a cover-up. And yet he continues to lie, continues to lie under oath, continues to avoid prosecution for murder, for perjury, for setting the schools back two years at least in terms of the kids' education. He had a lot of co-conspirators with that one, including O'Biden. And they continue to lie and claim they did none of it, of course. I saw Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, step down. At least we can say she did the honorable thing. She's corrupt as well. Now she should be prosecuted and put to jail if she's convicted. We have more idiots from Biden's regime in front of Congress testifying on various stupid, stupid things. Senator John Kennedy was questioning this woman by the name of Hopper about electric vehicles. When he asked her a simple question. Ms. Hopper, I, I love solar energy. I just want you to know that. And I love electric cars. But i got to ask you this question. I've been waiting to ask this. Uh, if electric cars are so swell, how come government has to pay people to drive them? So I think, um, as, like most most government policies, right, are, are put in place to incent certain behaviors. And so that's part of... The policy is that if we want more electric yeah, But if cars, they're so swell, why couldn't they, in, just in a competitive market, you know, people, why wouldn't they be choosing electric cars over in, uh, internal combustion engine cars? I think why, why do we have to pay people to drive them? Well, I, I wouldn't characterize as paying people to drive them, but I would. Well, sure we are. We're giving a big old tax credit. <laughs> you get a big tax credit if you drive an electric vehicle. He's 100% right. Well, if they're so great. Wouldn't everybody rush to buy one? Only in this country have we determined now to not let the free marketplace dictate our behavior, but the government tells us what we must do. California, we're going to take away all cars in California by 2035. They'll all be electric vehicles. You won't have a choice anymore. 
Now, we all know that's never going to happen, but that's Newsom for you. The same guy who wants reparations paid, knowing that he'll never have to pay them. He'll be gone from office long before that bill comes due, but it can get him elected now. It can get him votes from the crazy liberals. It can get him votes from the black community members who actually are are too stupid to understand they'll never get a nickel. And the woke white people who think, yeah, we should be paying the black people reparations. I'll vote for that guy. You're dumb. It's never going to happen. Now, it's not never going to happen because the liberals don't want it to happen. Hell, they'd spend your money in a heartbeat. But there's not enough money. So they don't have enough to spend it. As I think about Biden and I see the liberal attacks on Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court justice, that have been going on since his confirmation hearing in 1991. Remember the high-tech lynching that took place. It took me back to what Justice Thomas told Biden, who was the chairman of that confirmation committee then. When Biden asked him if he had anything to say, Clarence Thomas said plenty. And what he said then is appropriate now. Every word he spoke to Biden about that bogus committee is true about political hacks in Washington still today, and that was 1991. I think that this today is a travesty. I think that it is disgusting. I think that this hearing should never occur in America. This is a case in which this sleaze This dirt was searched for by staffers of members of this committee, was then leaked to the media, and this committee and this body validated it and displayed it at prime time over our entire nation. How would any member on this committee Any person in this room or any person in this country would like sleaze said about him or her in this fashion or this dirt dredged up and this gossip and these lies displayed in this manner. How would any person like it? And they haven't stopped. They did it to Kavanaugh. They'll do it to anybody they paint a target on. They've done it to Trump. They're about to do it to one of their own, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. All right, folks, we'll take a break. When we come back, your phone calls, 636-538-0746 are always welcome. There are places I
Welcome you back in, Kevin Slayton, with you on a Monday morning. That's right, the the day that the liberals made famous, the day that the liberals created a Monday morning. We're not crazy about Monday mornings around here. I'm pretty sure you're probably not either. Nobody is. But I can tell you this: we've got a lot of rain already. It's supposed to rain all week, and if you don't have good windows, you're going to find out you need them. And the best place to call that I've discovered is Window World. 314-993-1800. That's your phone call to get a free in-home estimate. That's what I did. I had hail break through my windows, and I called Window World. They came out to my house, gave me a free in-home estimate, and proved to me how they were simply the best for less. Best for less. 314-993-1800. You'll be getting the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, You'll be getting the windows that I have and that over 70,000 people in this homes in this area have thanks to Window World improving their thermal efficiency and their curbside appeal. Not only that, but your utilities will more than likely come down. Mine certainly did. And they came down because of my new windows. No longer was the cool air from my air conditioner escaping, allowing warm air to come in. And vice versa in the winter. In addition, my furnace and air conditioner weren't running 24-7. I wasn't having to go out and replace them either. And you'll be getting windows that are strong enough for me to jump on on the showroom floor, kick, and not be able to damage, crease them, crack them in any way. That's the window world window. Now, there's a reason for all of that. And a reason why they can give you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass, breakage, and labor. Window world uses double strength glass. That's an upsell from other companies. It's not an extra for window world. And if you want to talk price, go ahead and compare the two, but I'll save you the trouble. We've done it here. Listeners have done it for us as well. Same amount of windows, same style of windows from Window World and from the competition. If you buy Window World, you save two-thirds of the price. They're a third of the price of the competition. 314-993-1800. They also offer you 18 months, same as cash financing, with approved credit. That is Window World. That doesn't get any better. Pretty nice stuff. At the Vindo World. I see um, where Donald Trump Jr. has been told by Fox News insiders to expect retaliation for being critical of Tucker Carlson's dismissal. So let me see if I understand that correctly. Donald Trump Jr., the president's son, 
has been warned by Fox insiders that network bosses were not happy with his criticism following the firing of Tucker Carlson. Huh. He had ripped the the company and the firing of Tucker Carlson as stupid and accused the top executives of censorship, which is exactly true, by the way. Here's what he had said. I've been watching the censorship happening even in conservative mainstream media. I mean, you saw what sort of Fox did to Tucker Carlson last week and the week before that it was Dan Bongino. And, you know, the people who would actually question some of that narrative. Huh. He said, I used to be on Fox three, four, five, six, ten times a week. I haven't been on in nine months. Not a call, not an invite, not anything. And so I understand what it appears like they're trying to do to the America First movement. Tucker was another one of those voices. On Wednesday of last week, President Trump's oldest son posted this on Twitter. Have heard from a few of my friends at Fox News that the leftist executives running things there are pissed at me for calling them out over firing Tucker and to expect retaliation. A lot of good people still work at Fox, but their rhino leadership is at war with conservatives. How scary is that? Now you can guarantee that one of the people he was referring to there was Paul Ryan. The real question is, how did Fox ever allow Paul Ryan on the board of directors at Fox? How did that ever happen? Never should have happened. An organization known as Becker News says Ryan has become quite influential with the network's leadership. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Ryan believed that the period immediately following the 2020 presidential election was a pretty important inflection point, not just for the company, but for the country and for the conservative movement itself. And told that to Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch. Now, this was in a leaked document that was obtained by the New York Times. Ryan told Rupert and Lachlan that Fox News should not be spreading conspiracy theories. Interesting, isn't it? We've known all along that Paul Ryan is a Donald Trump hater. Paul Ryan is a failure himself. He could not achieve what Donald Trump achieved. That is the presidency. In fact, he couldn't even achieve the vice presidency. It's not It's not lost on me that people like Mitt Romney, unsuccessful at running for president, John McCain, unsuccessful at running for president. Paul Ryan, unsuccessful at running for vice president. Are three of the Republican Party's most anti-Trump SOBs. They're so envious of Donald Trump's accomplishment, they can't stand it. One of them's gone, so we don't have to worry about his lies anymore. But the other two are still around. And they're not alone. There's other ones. But in these people's cases, they're upset because they couldn't achieve what Donald Trump did. They're like five-year-olds in the schoolyard. 
there is talk that Tucker Carlson now might be involved with a new media enterprise that will be backed by Elon Musk. They've been having conversations about a new media company. And if that happens, apparently Tucker is planning to torch Fox News in an effort to free himself from a contract that blocks him from working in other networks or to even create a rival network to Fox. Carlson's lawyer, Brian Friedman, said the idea that anyone is going to silence Tucker and prevent him from speaking to his audience is beyond preposterous. He's involved in working on a settlement for Tucker with Fox News. From what the uh, reports are, Tucker was making $10 million a year on his contract. I tend to believe he was making more than that. Reports that Bill O'Reilly was making $18 million a year when he was fired in the same time slot with less viewers makes me believe Tucker was making more than 10. So this will be interesting. We know that broadcast media people view these anti-disparagement clauses in contracts as ironclad, but they can be challenged. In my opinion, and I've had some of those clauses and contracts, they should never be allowed. They should be declared illegal once and for all. This is a free country. You cannot stop people from working. I don't care how much you pay them, especially if they tell you, we don't want to be paid. How is it that you can stop someone from working? How can you silence a voice in this country? We are one effed up hot mess. I got news for you. Dave is up. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Kevin, I'm doing well. Good morning. I hope you had a great weekend. I did, actually. Thank you. My friend, I will admit to you, I am one of the people that did not make a call to the governor's office Friday. However, I don't expect you to give the number out again. I will look it up myself and make that call. Well, if I can find it, I'll give it out to you again. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you, you know, Kevin, you, you, you made a great point. This is what I told my wife, too. You know, we we're talking about, well, the school should teach health class. I told my wife, not that I'm some genius. I said, no, I disagree with you. I said, because the perverts that, that eke their way in these classes will do exactly what I thought they would do. It goes from health to sex ed to, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm a boy in a dress. Well, before I answer that, here's the number. It's 573 573- Seven five one, thirty two twenty two, five seven three seven five one thirty two twenty two. That's the governor's office, Mike Parson, and you can give him a call. Um, no, I, I I look at it this way: you allow health classes to be taught, but you monitor them. And if this goes on, if teachers want to go across the line, then they're fired. That's real simple. People normally value their paycheck, and if you tell them you can teach health class. But the minute it becomes sex ed, you're fired. The minute you give an opinion on transgender, you're fired. It, it's, uh, you know, Kevin, I, 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 I'll blame myself because while I was busy working and I was one of these stupid people that trusted the schools to do the right thing with my kids. Fortunately, I'm in the last year of having to deal with the schooling system. Uh, and 
I think my kids came through it pretty much unscathed because they asked questions and they got answers from me and their mom and other people that, that opinions they value that I always tell them it's okay to be different and you can accept someone's differences, but you know, if they're a boy wearing a dress and they say they're a girl, no, no, they're not still a boy. Yeah. I don't care what they wear. Yeah. You know, I, you know, Kevin, I, my dream was to be a professional play, play football in the NFL. Uh, you know, when you, when you stop growing at five ten, that dream's pretty much gone. So, you, you know, I guess I could have entered the NFL draft and say, I'm six, five, I can run a four, four 40 and I weigh two eighty five. Do you think they would have noticed the difference? Well, the problem is they would have timed you and said goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could drive a four, four 40, let alone run it. Uh, my friend, I'm also looking forward to your sports show. As you know, I don't hardly follow sports at all. Uh, I loosely follow it. I, you know, always root for the Cardinals to lose uh, because it's just – I don't – Kevin, I don't know. Maybe you can explain this to me. Bill DeWitt seems – Jr., or, or the I guess the third, seems such an honorable guy. And – but yet they had LaRusso there as long as they did. They still have Moselock there. And I know you're going to ask him tough questions. You always do. That's the one thing I appreciate about him. He's not a wuss. He's not a coward. He comes on. You you, you throw him the hard questions, and he answers them. You and I may not like the answers, but at least he answers them. But it's at, at some point in time, when is he going to smell the coffee and say, you know what? Buy, John, buy the pictures back from John Moselock that apparently he has of the family. I, I don't understand this. It's gone on way too long. Yeah, it has. And uh, we'll talk with Bill DeWitt III when he comes on, and we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, this Moselock thing is really strange. It gets stranger by the years. It used to be that Bill DeWitt would say to me, well, look at the record. We're in the playoffs every year. Yeah, but you're not now. And and so you, you haven't won a playoff game. You've lost your last eight playoff games, I believe the number is. Last eight. So you're not very good, and you're not a regular participant in a competition for the World Series. So things have changed now. And that 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 reasoning can't be given anymore. You have the worst record in the National League. And don't tell me it's early. I just explained the math earlier in the show. That's the yeah, kind of that's the kind of a sports show we'll actually have. By the way, we will not be sitting there reading you statistics all day like the Nimrods do that are on sports shows now. We won't be talking about well, you know, who's in the who should we who will be the Cardinal lineup tonight? No, no, I'm sorry, we don't we don't engage in juvenile discussions. It's it will be an yep. issue oriented show. It will be unlike any sports show. It will be simply my other sports show that I used to do that was extremely successful. Kevin, I'll, I'll, I'll end the call on this. I was reading something on the Internet. I saw where Aaron Boone is out of favor with the people in New York. And do you know who one of the top three candidates were to replace him? Mike Schilt. I go, what? I go, I got more managerial experience in the pros than he does. Obviously, I don't, but tongue-in-cheek. I go, really him? How where, where, was he, uh, where, where was he rumored to be the replacement? Uh, Aaron Boone in New York. Why wouldn't you bring in Don Mattingly? Well, I doubt that Mike Schilt will be getting the Yankees job. Um, I can't imagine the Yankees continue to have Aaron Boone there, but but they do. These teams uh, just do the same things year in, year out. That's why the Astros continue to win, and that's why a team like Tampa Bay. Now, it may be Tampa's year, by the way. The way they're winning games, they're falling behind 5, 6 to nothing, coming back and winning. And uh, they haven't stopped. You know, the 13-0 start was followed by 15-7. and So, 
you know, 28 and 7 record at this point is utterly spectacular. But here, there it is, 28 and 7. Now, how impressive is that if you're a baseball fan? You look at the, the Rays and you go, that's unheard of. Well, that's what the Cardinals have to do the rest of the way. In fact, they have, actually have to be better than that. They have to be 25 games over 500 the rest of the season, not just for a short hot streak, the rest of the year to get to 85 wins. Kevin, if they win that many games, I'll make a hundred dollar donation to your favorite charity. I mean, it's pretty simple. They're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, thank you as always. I promise, as soon as the show is over, I will call the governor's office. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Kevin. Have a great day. Appreciate it. You too. Yeah, it's worthwhile if the if we storm the governor's office. It doesn't do any good for just a few of us to call. We have to make sure our voices are heard loudly and clearly. But how about the uh, crap that's going on at Fox with Don Jr.? Now, what I love is the Tucker's talking to Elon Musk. That would be a formidable, and I mean a very formidable, partnership. And I guarantee you I would have to find a way to contact one of them to get involved because that would be spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Did you hear what uh, Sonny Hostin Houston? Unfortunately, we don't have the audio of it. But what she said last Friday, they were talking about undisclosed gifts given to Supreme Court justices. Uh, She started talking about the Founding Fathers, which is somewhat hilarious, coming from someone so shallow intellectually. She said, I learned there were three different branches of government. Good for you. I learned that, by the way, in third grade. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that. You have the judicial branch, then you have the executive branch. Then you have the legislative branch. Wow, she's smart. Our founding fathers, while maybe not the brightest when it comes to slavery and things like that, they made sure that there was a system of checks and balances. That qualifies as intellectual talk on The View. But we're happy that she's just now realizing that there indeed are three branches of government. It's quite a revelation. Quite a revelation. (laughs) Here's a guy that I respect quite a bit, DeRoy Murdoch. He is a black columnist for the Wall Street Journal, I believe it is. And he's, he's always got an interesting take on things. Biden has now come out and said that every vehicle in the U.S. military will be electric. First of all, that'll never happen either. But he says it because he thinks that's the thing to say to get himself elected. Now, of course, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And as dumb as it is, it didn't escape uh, DeRoy Murdoch. He gets it. He understands how stupid the entire idea would be, even if somehow or another it made it past the stupid stage, which is where it is now. Because it's with Biden. But he calls it the dumbest, the worst idea Joe Biden's ever had. And I couldn't agree more. It is exactly that. And it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Here's what is going to happen. We're done for the day, but we'll be back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning. Right here in the Window uh, Window World Kings Court. 
on KevinSlaytonShow.com. You can hear the podcast right here later today on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, any place that plays good podcasts, you'll find us. But we'll be back at it tomorrow. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.